see here. Your ice sounds beautiful. What are you drinking? It is, Neil and I couldn't decide whether to call it a Dacker Ricky <laughs> or Sorry. just a rum Ricky. Because it's essentially a rum daiquiri, not frozen, obviously, just on the rocks. But no sweetener is added, and it's lengthened with soda, so it's more of a Ricky. So I think we're going to call it a Dakariki. I like Dakariki. That's mm-hmm. good. You, well, and the, the little clinkety-clink is so nice. It's delicious. It's very refreshing. It's two ounces of rum, a half of a lime squeezed, and then ice and uh, soda water. It's good. Well, I'm also cocktailing at the moment, but my uh, far from scientific process for this particular beverage went something like this. I poured myself some coffee and I stared at it. And then I went, <laughs> and then I went, guess I'm going to add some Irish cream to this. So I poured a lot of Irish cream in and then I stared at it and I went, you know, I think I could put some walnut liqueur in there too. So then I poured that in and then I went, I may as well put the fucking coffee liqueur in here too. So I added that. And then I thought about adding something else. I was like, nope. <laughs> too much <laughs> too much you gotta coco chanel this shit take one thing off Was before you leave to the prepare house prepare for watching this a second time because i just can't believe that you did that I well i mean God. girl i love you i wanted to watch it so i could give you a heads up also then i watched it with both of you because janine watched it with sorry welcome to podlander drumcast and Alan <laughs> podcast i'm allison i'm julie that's janine hey uh, and we are talking about the season five finale of outlander never my love which all three of us have seen though at different times and i've seen it twice sorry. as have uh a, quite a number of the of the our drunk slack pals y'all have way more intestinal fortitude than i do because i never want to see that again yeah, yeah. um yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to get into it. Uh, I will say, I think um, for a show with numerous sexual assaults, uh, this was somehow both incredibly brutal and and a lot less brutal than it could have been. Right. Content warning, everyone. Of course, if you listen to our show, you know that we watched that episode. And if you saw the episode, you know, but if it's sensitive to you, please note, we're going to be talking about it for like an hour. Yeah. yeah. We'll, um, uh, y'all, one of you remind me, we'll note when we start talking about the second half of the episode, if you want to jump ahead. Yep. So basically we can format our episode the way that the show does and that yeah. we'll talk about the first 30 minutes and then we'll move on and talk about the rest of it um, and confine ourselves to sort of that. And uh, I mean, it's, until we get to the end. Anyway, there is no way to avoid talking about the incredibly violent and brutal nature of this episode because it's what it's about. Um, but if you if it's better for you to just skip ahead to when we're fuming about Roger and Bree, <laughs> um, go ahead and do that. If you're if you if you're here for the Robert Frost rant, oh, uh, barf. Go, check the notes for this episode, and we'll include a timestamp <laughs> of where you can jump to, and you'll jump to that point, and you'll hear me go. Now, how about that, Robert Frost? <laughs> and then that's how you know you're in the right spot. Um, anyway, when I was making my coffee, uh, no, it was I was not drinking while I was watching the episode. Uh, it was when I was getting getting ready to to talk (laughs) 
microphone. We just had a bunch of technical difficulties. So Julie and I talked about Drag Race for seven minutes. It was actually delightful. It was just like nice having a chat with my pal. But the whole time, poor Janine was working on things. And I assume that the way that he was troubleshooting was he was sitting alone in his apartment going, microphone, 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 microphone. Your assumption is very accurate. Great. But, That's but there was a, little, there's a few more. What the fuck? Microphone. What, what the, the fuck, fuck is fuck, wrong fuck? with my microphone? God um, damn it, mother. Those of you listeners who, who are not Patreon backers will not know this. And I mean, Patreon backers who perhaps don't enjoy Janine's Corner bonus episodes. Um, who is that? Last week, um, I got an email from Janine that was like, hey, I did a Janine's Corner on thwarping, which um, obviously we talked about at length in the last episode. Uh, and he sent me a video and I was like, great, this is going to be fun. So I go to post it and I was like, guess I'll watch this first just so I know what cute things to say and the stuff I'm going to write about it. And instead of a five minute video on thwarping, it was a 45 second video of Janine going, microphone, microphone. Um, so I, so obviously I posted both of, of course. Them. Um, oh, yeah. So of course. the thwarping video is there, but, and Janine, you should know that there was a conversation in the Slack where uh, a few people were like, Hey, if uh, that episode was pretty rough, if you need to pick me up, I highly suggest rewatching the Janine's video, uh, Janine's corner on thwarping. It really holds up. <laughs> that's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, oh. do you, does it feel like we're doing everything we can to avoid talking about this episode? Yes, it's yes. True. yes it because I don't want to. Yeah, um, but you know what? We're gonna do it. Oh, that's I had nightmares. That's what mm-hmm. we were talking. Did you really? I did. Yeah, oh, it was that was horrifying. It was they a watched horrifying it. Uh, readers, I mean listeners, they watched it last night. <sighs> yeah. Janine and Allison at at midnight ish. Oh, man, I couldn't do that right before I went to bed. I fucking my stomach would be all like in knots. It's very upsetting. It's gross. It's oh, terrible. This yeah. is what we were talking about. So, um, and then I think we talked about content warnings and we talked about other things. But returning to this point, um, you know, at this point we've had we had Wentworth, um, we had Louis, mm-hmm. um, we had which obviously that's coercion, so it's a different thing, but obviously still horrifying. Uh, we had Brianna, um, Mary. Mary. Oh, my God. And then we also uh, had the kidnapping. Um, Julie, I put money on the fact that you would be like, what is this, kidnap lander? And then you never did it. So fuck no, you. I, I did not. <laughs> you lost me money. Um, everybody gets kidnapped on Outlander, though. It's a lot, guys. Um, You're right. There's a lot of kidnapping. Anyway, um, and I think, you know, they're all... Uh, um, Terrible. They're, they're all terrible <laughs> and they're all brutal in different ways. Um, and uh, none of them is as bad as Game of Thrones. So that was my worry was that this was going to be like that they were somehow going to make this episode about Jamie and not about Claire, which they did not. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I was concerned about based on the preview because it was so Jamie heavy. And I was like, why the fuck? Like, why do I need to see this? <laughs> what? No. Um, Probably because they didn't want to show any of the Claire shit in the preview because yeah. they knew oh that people God. wouldn't fucking tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a a conversation that is probably longer than we can accommodate in this episode that I think is worth having that we've talked about before, but is worth revisiting, which is like this stuff does happen in life and it is not wrong for fiction to acknowledge it. Um, 
However, it's a, I mean, it's a lot. It's like, I think even with them all being handled at worst, not badly and at best really well. And I think that season one, I think that Jamie's experience in season one that, I mean, I never want to watch that again as long as I live, Mm -hmm. but I'm again, I'm Amanda. If you're still listening, I want to apologize (laughs) one more time. Um, she was a fucking trooper, man. When we did, for those of you who haven't listened to the episodes about season one, which is our season two, um, when we did um, To Ransom a Man's Soul, uh, we were like, well, we'll just, we're going to make sure to invite a, a guest on for this episode, but it won't be the really upsetting one. And then we forgot. Because we thought the bad one was Wentworth Prison. We yeah. were wrong. Jeez. We were wrong. And we were jerks. We were so wrong. Look what we did. Yeah. And, but Amanda really like rose great. to the occasion and did a great job. Yeah. Anyway, I think that one is, I think that one is probably the most sort of socially significant because we don't talk about the fact that rape is not an act um, perpetrated exclusively against women and there's a huge stick if i mean there's a stigma around rape in general obviously um and talking about it and and that's bad we should talk about it we shouldn't necessarily always use it for dramatic effect but talking about it is really important and and the stigma specifically around the rape of men when there's violence sexual violence perpetrated against men is even greater so i think it really i think it's a really important episode Mm -hmm. that i never want to see again right um I think that the Louis one is important because it's, I mean, it's important to talk about the imbalance of power, right? Like Claire doesn't actually have a choice. Her body is being essentially held ransom against the life of her husband. And those are her options. Um, And that's horrifying. I think that that when Brianna was assaulted, that that is handled really, I mean, the sound is horrifying, but they um, made that piece of storytelling specifically about the fact that no one did anything right. Like Mm -hmm. that's um, it's focused on Brianna. They did some really smart things with Lizzie. There were those incredible conversations afterwards with Jamie where um, they were talking about, recovery and survival and what haunts you and powerlessness and all that stuff. I think that was great. But, but in the story of that scene specifically is about how no one did anything to help her. And in this case, there are some other really admirable things that are done. They make it solely about Claire's experience, right? Like that first 30 minutes is 100% about Claire. Um, it's not ever intended to be titillating, which is, the thing that sometimes <laughs> Game, of Game of Thrones did, um, among other shows, right? Um, it's all about her um, emotional experience, about her dissociative experience. Mm-hmm. And then the back half of the episode is not exclusively, but largely about her recovery and about her struggle to balance um, this really important part of her life, the um, her life as a doctor and the Hippocratic Oath and First Do No Harm against the things that have been done to her. And um, and I think that's really important. But the question is, like, d- but did we need all of them? Like, just because <laughs> just because they're all well done, did we need all of them? And this Mm-mm. isn't a, the conversation about whether or not this is a well that Diana Gabaldon should be returning to is a separate one. Um, she, 
is not wrong in saying that this is a thing that happens and we should talk about it. But at the end of the day, the of the four main characters in this book series, three are now rape survivors and the other one was hanged from a tree. Like, it's just um, it's a it, it's a lot. However, that's not actually the issue. The issue is this show is cutting things willy nilly They're They've. It's funny because I said cutting and willy and it blackjack Randall got stabbed in the penis. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've got jokes, guys. I'm trying really hard to fit them in. Um, they are eliminating things all the time. They in this episode, there are two big moments that they have assigned to other characters and the characters that they belong to initially are on the show, but they've reduced the size of the roles so dramatically that they went other places. And it was the right call for what the show is doing. Right. And we'll get into that later when we do some in the book stuff. But they ha- don't have qualms about cutting things at mm-hmm. all. So why are none of the things that get cut sexual violence? Why are those the things that all get kept? Because it's this weird thing. And ever since, uh, I don't know when this mind flip happened to me. I'm going to, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark and say it was sometime in November of 2016. Hmm. Yeah. That seems like an interesting yeah. month for something to happen. Yeah, yeah. Did anything important happen that month? <laughs> I don't remember, but I know that all of a sudden I surely didn't want to watch women be abused in my entertainment Yeah, because it was already clear that this is uh, an issue that is never going to go away ever. And I have to think about it all the time because I am a woman and I don't want to watch some, I don't, as I said, drunkenly to Kelly one night, I don't want to participate in my own subjugation. There, I remember in film school, um, uh, there was a conversation around like how stories, um, uh, tended to, like they tended to end up and maybe I do this was reinforced by you and Allison uh, uh, talking to me about this stuff but like the the violence against women ends up just being a trope that just keeps getting revisited as a way to push a story forward. yes and it's just and it's not it, it, it's so like the option to cut it is not about it. it doesn't need to be there for the character development there are other ways to develop the character in a similar way um but we just revert back to say well they have to go through this horrible emotional experience or else we can't have the character development which is kind of a lack of imagination if you think about it like not i'm just sick of watching ways. it like every time neil is watching an, an old movie it never fails I come into the room and I say, what are you watching? And he tells me and I sit down to start watching it with him. And every single fucking time this happened yesterday. I am not making this up. He was watching an old Western that starred Gary Cooper. I walked in, sat down, started watching it. And within five minutes, there was a gang of men trying to strip a woman naked who was all by herself. And I just looked at Neil like, and he goes, I, I didn't know this was here. And I was like, I'm not blaming you. I'm just leaving the room. Like I, I saw it in recently as a show that got that was produced last year that where it's just like they use that as a as another mechanism to show the emotional growth. Of and it this wasn't about character. that's the thing about this yeah. old movie that I'm talking about that seems it's not as much an outlander this way, but in other examples it is. It's not about her. It's about yeah. how the men around her react to whatever is happening to her. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just I can't I can't. And I I watched today because obviously I'm committed to this project and I, I love all of our fans and I love everything, but God damn it. I, there was a moment where I just really wanted to turn my television off because I just don't want to watch it. 
And it's not, it's not a matter of like, well, avert your eyes from the horrific thing because there are, there are other horrific things in Outlander. Yes. And it is also, as you said, not a matter of them somehow making this about the men because they don't, I think they handle this really well. I mean, I'm going to have qualms with this episode regardless, but I think yeah. there's some really great stuff here. Obviously the performances, particularly yes. Katrina Balfs are fucking top notch. Mm. I think it's incredibly well directed, thoughtfully directed. Um, it's not exploitive. It's, um, it's brutal and it's bracing, but it doesn't feel gratuitous, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, um, none of that is the issue. The issue is just like, again, Right. Exactly. Um, I, there's too much. And every time I see it now, I'm just like, I'm leaving. I don't, this isn't entertaining for me. And it's, and it's not even just that it's too much on Outlander, which it is again, com- a little too much for a family of, let's call them a family of four because, you know, Jen is a cute 75%. toddler, right? 75%. <laughs> that seems high. Well, and like that's, you know, we've had five seasons. Yeah. And, there, and so yeah. three of the five seasons have had to, that have, have dealt oh, with. Oh, well, there's, there is one, if, if we are, if we count Louie, oh, there is one, nope, two acts of sexual violence in season one. One, um, Jamie kills the guy before it actually happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When he and Claire are like, let's go fucking Heather. And then some <laughs> strangers show up. The and, red coats. They were and, red coats. Right. And they want to kill Jamie and rape Claire. That's one. And then obviously all of the Black Jack Randall stuff. But there's also um, Claire... Uh, is assaulted by Blackjack Randall and it's not sexual. And wait, no. Also and Jenny. Jenny. So that's um Oh yeah. And again That's four out of five. That's eighty percent. That we have is, gone from seventy five to eighty. Yeah. And that's not she is n- not raped, but it's still sexual violence, right? Like mm-hmm. she is it's and in this case it's because he's unable to perform or whatever the fuck. But it's still sexual violence. Whether or not it's oh any a person is penetrated does not mean that it's not sexual assault, right? So right. three in season one, um, and because season of two blackjack Randall's fixation on Jamie, you could arguably say that some of the other things that happen, and then plus mm-hmm. the again Claire's breast being exposed by blackjack. Regardless, three for sure in season one. In season two, it's two. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, Mary Hawkins and then um, King Louis, King Louis, which was referenced heavily in this episode, which we'll return to, which I think is really thoughtful, and we'll return yep. to that. And they should connect the dots between those two because this is not the first time that Claire's been sexually assaulted. Um, mm-hmm. In season three, I think maybe we don't have anything. Wow, the, they, they were on the ship, right? There was only so much you could do. Well, I can't believe that the whole season of this show would go by without one. Doomface. Um, there were, I mean, there were obviously other atrocities in season three. Um, mm. Season Mostly four is Brianna. Related. Right. And then now we're in season five and it's Claire and also Brianna's abducted. Um, right. And, right. And, and is not sexually assaulted, but um, is forced to watch. Um, Still kind of a sexual assault, though. Like, yes. I mean, certainly the threat of sexual violence. Right. Right. And she has to maneuver her way 
through like she has to actively try to manipulate him to avoid being sexually assaulted. and then is the obviously selling of her yeah manhandled by yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's, it, it's a it, lot it counts. you know what's weird about this conversation is we just found a silver lining to silver season three no <laughs> i refuse <laughs> sorry for that so what you're saying, Janine, is either a season of Outlander has to have a horrific act of sexual violence or boats. Oh, God, I hate that. That's how we, we distilled that comment. Microphone. Microphone. Uh, yeah, let's go back to my greatest hits, please. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, God. I guess what I take away from it is I understand why it happened i just don't care like i this type of um i don't know personal this is a personal thing this is just julie talking i don't want to watch i don't want to read or watch anything like this right now i just don't and it doesn't matter whether or not it's reality i think it is because specifically because it is reality that i I don't want to i think your reaction is is it's like if this stuff is being represented in popular culture, that that has an impact on people, whether or not it's being held. And like, but the thing is, it's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Like this yes. is always there, and it's always there, like capital A T. Yeah. And it, I don't know. My there were things is, about this episode I really liked. I, I'm, I'm really shitting on this part of it because I just personally am pissed off and tired of this shit. Well, I don't think you're shitting on it though, right? Like, yeah. and this is why I was sort of framing it as the question of like, it's this is not a matter of whether or not this episode is good. There are things about this episode that are shitty, but the first mm-hmm. half of it is objectively really well made, well mm-hmm. acted, well directed, well shot, well written. It's framed in a responsible way. It's thoughtful about the story it's telling. It's not manipulative. It's not exploitive. It's, it's not titillating. It's, very, it's just it's very artful. It's like I was amazed at some of those shots. I'm just yeah, like, and I and I want to talk about that but also does it need to be there at all just because it's well done doesn't mean it should exist right um so it's like there are other stories that uh, let me put it this way i think that outlander has gone uh, here's a positive spin on it outlander has gone above and beyond in addressing the phenomenon of rape the violence of rape the horror of rape the aftermath of rape the way that we talk about rape and the experience of a survivor of rape right they have checked yes a lot of boxes and checked them really well frankly in season one they got a lot of that shit handled like check it off your list you did right by survivors you did right by women you did right by men you have done a lot of good things why on earth are you doing it again when there are shows like unbelievable on netflix which specifically is dissecting rape culture and its place in law enforcement and which victims are believed and why it is we mistrust people there are um there's an hbo film called the tale that specifically is addressing um violence against children right Mm -hmm. sexual violence against children there are lots of stories out there that exist to specifically address this incredibly important thing and i would never say that those things shouldn't exist unbelievable is 
one of the best TV shows of 2019. It's incredible. It's incredibly well done. Um, and that is what it's about. What Outlander is about is a, a nurse who time travels <laughs> yeah. to Scotland and then like gets boned a lot. Yeah. Right? Like, which doesn't mean that it shouldn't or can't address these things, but why on earth is it still doing it? And the answer is not, well, because it's in the books, because they're cutting all kinds of shit that was in the books. But they're, but every time they keep this, and I don't, you could do, if you think, man, you know what's really important? We really need to make sure that in the same season, we have Brianna get abducted by her rapist and Claire get abducted by the stinkiest Brown from Brown Town mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people. We need to make sure these things both happen in season six. You could, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why you, not season six, season five. They're book six things, which is, it's very confusing. They pulled them forward (laughs) from another fucking book, both things, um, and put them within two episodes of each other. I don't understand, but we'll talk about that more later. Point being, you could still do that, right? Like you could, if, if for whatever reason that I cannot fathom, it was incredibly important to the future story on the show to make sure that both of these things happen at the end of season five. Go ahead. Why not just actually cut the rape? The threat of sexual violence is enough. You could have this episode be incredibly brutal without actually having a violent sexual act perpetrated against our protagonist. There, mm-hmm. You could. And, it's, and, and we it would, would all know what was going to happen. Right. We would all know. Every woman knows what would happen to a woman in that situation. That's the other thing. Is that every time fucking Neil and I have this thing about country music where men always talk about, I can't stay with you, baby. I love you, but I got to go. And we call it time to bum again. <laughs> And it's like a trope, right? And last yesterday, we came up with the female trope, which is time to nun again. Like, I need to go be a nun because that's the only place I can be safe. And then I look Neil right in the eye and I'm like, nuns aren't safe. Yeah, nuns aren't safe. It's every, it's all uh, constant. And I'm just tired of how constant it is. And I just don't, there's nothing I can do about it. And it makes me pissed. So let's do this. Um, normally, we would summarize what happens in the first half of this episode. And I think instead we'll just say this. We'll talk about I what I what I think we should spend our time talking about is Claire's dissociative stuff because that's oh, yeah. really worth digging into, right? Yes, and the two characters who were not part of the assault. Right. The two ma- the two males, but that's brief, like that can be quick. Yeah. So basically, um we pick up what happens to Claire is she is abducted by the browns we see flashes and i will say to the show's credit this is a very long couple of chapters in the books and they highly condensed it and and i think for the good because we don't need to see all of it right like just little hints of lots of different things so we get because we're seeing it all from claire's perspective um we get just little tidbits we understand they felt the need to explain that they blew up the whiskey cash as a distraction, which we all already fucking knew. Yeah. Why did you um, do that? I needed it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't been watching. Yeah, you didn't watch yeah. the last episode. That's fair. Yeah, uh, you so, would have known. So, so for someone who wasn't paying attention and was drunk, thank you. <laughs> fair, okay. fair. No one else needed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of arguing about whether or not they should just kill her and leave her for dead. They, um, Lionel Brown, the the worst of the brown town browns um i mean all the brown towns browns are 
brown, but he's the browniest. We frown on all the brown town browns. We do frown on all the brown town browns. On all the brown town browns. (laughs) And you know what? That frown gets deeper at the end of the episode, too. So it's a frown of great renown. (laughs) (laughs) And our smile is never found. Shut up. (laughs) That frown is so profound that it will linger all the way downtown. Oh. Gosh, this and is... make you cry the tears of a clown. I got nothing else. Oh man. my god! You, well, you deserve a crown. <laughs> <laughs> but will you wear it with a gown? Oh, I will not wear it on a chair. I will not wear it in the air. I will not wear that fucking crown because of the Browns of Brown Town. Oh, wow. Okay, guys. Okay, okay, so, okay. Um, had to get it out. Had to get it out. Uh, this, is a, this is a change from the books because in the Max, um, Claire and Marsley are um, uh, assaulted. At the whiskey still where Marsley is um, is working because she gets a share of the whiskey for helping make the mash or whatever. And uh, and Claire shows up to help her. They're having a conversation um, and uh, they show up wanting the whiskey. Only there isn't any. Um, so then they're like, you're going to take us to where the whiskey is. And that is why they abduct Claire. It has nothing to do with the Dr. Rawlings stuff. Dr. Oh. Rawlings is in the books, but the newspaper thing is an invention of the show. So I actually think that... Um, that it's interesting that they basically make Lionel Brown a men's rights activist <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where he's like, you told my, by, by the way, just the the most villainy voice. You told my wife not to share my bed. Yeah. What's that guy's, yeah. what's that actor's name? Because he did very well. Yeah. He's, he is scary up. and it, very Chris. good at being the most odious character I've seen on this show since, I mean, Stephen Bonnet was pretty odious, but like, it's very clear that this guy is just a piece just of shit. The worst. Just yeah. a piece of shit. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. he basically is like, well, you woman giving your medical advice. Fuck you. And that is why they assaulted her, um, abducted her and assaulted her. So we see that we see her talking to, uh, one of the members of this gang whose name is Tebby, um, mm-hmm. who believes that she is a conjure woman and um, uh, incur- discourages them from hurting her because they'll all wake up dead. And Claire, being Claire, was like, yes, I'm a witch. Don't touch me or I'll fucking curse you. You know what she did, though? She did. They touched uh, her and they all died. It was- Ned, Ned Dennehy <laughs> is his name. Ned Dennehy. Dennehy. Yeah. R.I.P. Favorite actor, Dennehy. Favorite drink of duels. Bears. Hawks. Socks. Socks. Bulls. R.I.P. Janine, have you never seen that? No, it's it's always a, it's always really stunning to me when I'm like I missed a major pop culture thing. No, it wasn't. It's, no, no, don't it's worry. I'll, we'll share it later. It, there's okay, a, cool. It's a Chicago. It's like a Chicago thing, but it's not a major Chicago thing. It's just Julie and I have shared an obsession with this song for a while. Yeah, but like the Chicago Shuffle, where it's like, oh, it's a thing that only we know. Yes, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Okay, it's, cool. Sorry, um, but anyway, Brian, anyway. R.I.P. Brian Dennehy. This is not yeah. Brian Dennehy. This is Ned Dennehy. I assume no relation. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so Tebby thinks that she's a witch and, um, she tries to convince him while they have to cross a river, uh, to let her go because the Kelpies, the water horses will swim up and take her away. But if he's restraining her, he'll die. And he's like, yeah, okay. That seems like a good plan. Um, 
I'm fucking terrified. But then Hodgepile, who is the red coat with all the furs all over it, right? Um, a bigger character in the books, um, is like, no, I'm going to take you across. And then they are getting a tussle. At one point, somebody fucking cuts her boob with a sword. It's horrifying. Um, and then she's tied up with a rope around her neck under a tree. Um, and uh, just a bunch of terrible stuff happens. There we go. That's the first half of the episode. Except for the dissociative episodes, which are amazing. And for Donner. And I think we should talk mm-hmm. about Donner quick. First of all, okay. Julie fucking called it. Janine, I was not watching your face when we watched it through Zoom. We're not, we're still socially distancing friends. Um, but we watched it when we watched it last night through Zoom. I wasn't watching your face. How long did it take you to figure out, Janine, that that was a time traveler? Before, he, uh, before she was tied up that evening. Because uh, he said something earlier about Man on the Moon. And I was like... Yeah, when he started, it was early because when yeah. he said something about the man on the moon and he looked at her like really intently, I was like, oh, he from the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I like on my mm-hmm. muted Zoom uh, in my apartment with my little fucking mice. I was like, fuck <laughs> what? And, and then, then it was just reiterated again. I mean, yeah. maybe some people needed that. But when she said scream, Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ, when they were tussling by the river, his one of his eyebrows went up. So then he knew yeah. for sure because yeah. she didn't she didn't reveal it to him that first time. Yeah, uh-uh. she she was just like, the fuck you say? Mm-hmm. And then the second real. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I assume that character will be back. Um, he returns in the books. Um and I assume he'll be back here because we don't. So do you think he escaped into the woods? I do. Okay. I think he scampered off. Um, yeah, I think he okay. got the hell out of Ooh. Dodge. It's um, going to be an interesting reintroduction when he comes back. Yeah. Hmm. Although, yeah. who knows? I mean, again, they're they're willing to cut anything that isn't a woman being assaulted from this show. <laughs> so, uh, so who knows? Maybe that's a wrap on Donner. Um, <laughs> you know, we can't fucking have any meaningful character development for the wonderful Lord John Gray, but sure, let's make room for more violence against women. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm feeling, I didn't realize quite how salty I was until right now. I'm very salty. I'm very salty. Um, so that's Donner. Then there's this dissociative stuff, which I think is, as we've said many times, incredibly well done. Um, it's full of little Easter eggs. So I'm curious about having watched it twice and done some reading and looked some stuff up and revisited some stuff in the books and in other episodes. Um, I've got a bunch of shit locked and loaded, but I'm curious what you notice. First of all, Daphne, you're welcome. Um, I assume that you decided to use a song from the association uh, because we here at Podlander Drunkcast Netler podcast are on record as being big fans of the association. So true. Um, we have sung our way through Along Comes Mary and Wendy uh, many times. Mm-hmm. Could it be, I want to take away some of her credit though. Could it be because they were just trying to be very explicit about disassociation? <gasps> what? <laughs> Janine! Janine, how dare you? <laughs> How very dare you? I think you're right, though. Like, sorry, we we just we we hit upon the like we talk often about how they're just like really hitting this over the head, (laughs) and like maybe this one was not so subtle. Yeah, you know what I should have said was Janine, never. That's what I should have said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I whether or not that's intentional, I think it it is an interesting song choice. Song choice. I don't know why I said that. Song choice. Um, And 
whether I mean, I'm oh, you know what? By the way, I should say this. I got a message today from someone who is like, hi, I'm sorry I feel dumb, but I feel like I figured out most of your bits. But who's Daphne? So really quick, Daphne is the sort of catch all that we use when it seems like someone at stars has been listening to the podcast and responding and or stealing jokes, um, which we don't actually think that's happening. Although every once in a while, I'm like. Mm, I don't do, know. I got, like I got some strong a, like, suspicions. The, like there are some things about like weak semen that feel a little whatever. It's fine. It's probably it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Um, regardless, Daphne is our catch-all phrase for when it seems like someone at stars or at, with the show is listening to the podcast. So in this case, um, uh, longtime listeners will remember that we did a little, everyone knows it's Liddy. And that we also did. And then along comes Maddie. Now I am decomposed as sweet as the punch. Sweet as a punch. Which I think I did maybe in a Scottish accent. I think that might've been around the time that we got wasted enough that I did all of lose yourself by Eminem in a Scottish accent. Oh God, that was so good. Um, I need to re-listen to that. That was awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> mom spaghetti. Anyway. Um, yeah. so, so it felt like a little nod. It felt like being like, Hey, Allison, Julie, Janine, here's a little association for you. We know you like that band. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we, it's also obviously a song they could afford because they play it approximately 7 million 7, times. times. <laughs> um, it was a little, that was a little, much i <sighs> see i think it worked because it was so um i mean they were obviously reusing a lot of similar shots like they mm-hmm. every time there was that fucking it one of the very first shots that they show where she's sitting on the couch and she turns sideways and you see her in profile jesus christ it's beautiful mm-hmm. um so i feel like it was intended to feel like she's retreating again and again to the same space and just sort of adding more details and the horrors of the real world keep finding ways to intrude. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's a beautiful song with appropriate lyrics. Um, and there's a lot to get into beyond that. So, Mm -hmm. so never my love by the association is playing repeatedly. What else did y'all notice? I noticed the yellow doors that she kept staring at that did not open that were in the dining room. Mm hmm. Oh. Uh, with the and it looked like the doorknobs were more uh, institutional than home doorknobs. Hmm. So I don't know if that was like a hospital thing, maybe, maybe because they were the big silver round doorknobs. You know, um, the ceiling leaking. There was a leak in the ceiling that only she seemed to notice. Mm-hmm. There was the painting of Fraser's Ridge House on fire. That she was staring at a lot. Uh, the orange, obviously. Um, the fact that Lionel kept showing up as different characters in her dissociation, either as himself or as the cop that came to say that Brian Roger had died. Mm-hmm. The other, and the other cop is Hodgepile. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. And then um, everybody is there. It's Thanksgiving. I figured that out. Everybody's there except for Brian Rogers. So you've got Murtaugh, Jacasta, kids, Marsley, fucking Fergus, and everybody's in 70s mid-century modern clothes and hair and stuff, except for Jamie, who continually shows up looking exactly as he did when she met him. Yeah. Season one, season two, yeah. similar wig. Um, yeah. Younger, like more Jay Sweet Prey. Yeah. Jay Sweet Prey time. I, I couldn't place. I, his hair was the thing I couldn't place. I'm real. Oh, mm-hmm. no, yeah. man. Oh. So it was uh, something about 
the beginning of their relationship and what her life might have been like if she had stayed in the future. I don't know. It was just, I think it, it felt just straight fugue. Like she wasn't controlling it. It was just happening. Yeah. Like she created sort of a safe space for herself mm-hmm. um, with all of her family. Uh, you know what? I'm going to pause and I'll say more. Janine, is there anything else that you noticed that Julie didn't mention? Uh, the death bunny. <laughs> that was when she was, was in the woods, was, though. But, well, that, but the well, death but it bunny up was on the red carpet. Yeah, it was on the Oops. shag carpet, and no. then it was That's also right. on the grass. So she oh, blinked yeah. twice. Why do we need it twice? I mean, so, it was she blinked right, like she blinked, and all of a sudden it was. So it was the same bunny. It was just yeah. and back to back. I, but yeah, that was. I honestly didn't notice a lot of things because I was just like I was taking it all in, and I I mean I haven't watched a lot of the show, so I don't have a lot of frame of reference for some of the things they were coming mm-hmm. back to. Uh, so I was mostly paying attention to uh when it popped up and like uh what was being shown in in that order of like you know uh, the image of um uh being others being called to the violence and uh seeing people backlit by that fire and then her going back like it was those things mm-hmm. that I was paying attention to um, um well then some other things so first of all yeah. um may or may not have noticed Fergus has both his hands and Jocasta can see. I, you know what? I did not notice that. I would never, I probably would not have noticed the hand and the Jocasta thing was so subtle that I never would have picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I, I was actually, it was actually in my mind as you were talking about it. So I didn't think of it as, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she can see good for her. Yeah. So that's a, so that's part of it. Um, and Murtaugh yeah. is alive. Murtaugh's alive. Obviously With that fucking e- when Ian shows hair, up, yeah. he looks great. Um, he's in damn, a military uniform, uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of the patches and medals, um, uh, reflect Native American things. You see, mm-hmm. um, like a little mohawk emblem and some other things. Uh, so that's an interesting detail. The leak in the ceiling sort of connects to a bunch of different things that are book related. So there's the ceiling leaks in this section of the books as, um, Claire and Jamie are sleeping together after he comes back to the ridge. Um, also then Jamie fixes it the next morning and is like, ah, I got a splinter. And she's like, come down, let me see it. And his splinter is a two inch long piece of wood that has embedded itself under his fingernail. No, oh where he's like, I got, a spli- I got a splinter. And you think, oh, well, he's got a little tiny piece of wood in one of his fingers. No, nope. Um, anyway, Ugh. yeah, it's a lot. Uh, also in the Brianna abduction story, um, in the books, she's in the house on Ogrecoke where she's being held prisoner. There's a leak in the ceiling of the room she's locked in on, and she manages to use um, one of the uh, pieces of boning from her stays to dig a hole in the ceiling and climb out through the roof. It is fucking badass. That's oh, awesome. Um, yeah. And there are some other, and there's also like the sound of water falling can signify death and um, a bunch of stuff. So there's that. We see Jem playing with the dragonfly. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. So that is there. We see uh, the we see a blue vase, which obviously is a yep. big yep, symbol yep, yep. from the pilot. Um, Why is that? I don't understand. It's when that she one. had that first clarification monologue about looking at the blue vase in the window in the forties and thinking about how she wanted to have a place where she could. Oh. have a vase of her own and like all yeah. that stuff. So it's I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same vase. 
Okay. Whether or not I don't, I will have to go back and look and see if it's the same vase. But obviously, the reference is clear, which is yeah, the, yeah. what a vase signifies to her is stability um, and home. And she realized that she had never had one, and sort of oh, wished man. that she could. And then um, that's real. Yeah. So she does. Um, that's how I feel about that with nice glassware. That that means home to me. There's also nice glassware surrounding it too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Jesus Christ, yeah. the furnishings, everything, <gasps> the design, the color. <sighs> The, um, the scale, the way that the hallway is really long all the way alongside the house with nothing but floor to ceiling windows facing out into the woods. The framing that they, how they use the camera to kind of accentuate all that. Uh, I also think there's a chance that maybe that's the manse that Reverend Wakefield lived in. Um, I would have to go back and check, but there's, it's uh, the room that they're in with all the windows, I think is the, can I have a basket room? Mm. (laughs) Um, Maybe that one is a maybe, but certainly that is what it recalled to me. Um, There's, she's wearing a red dress. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like in season two. Yeah. Ooh, a red dress. Yeah. And oh she, shoes too. They, they only showed them like a little bit at one point, but I was like, damn, those shoes are bad. They're cool as hell. She's got the same hair and makeup that she does um, in the, the Bree's grown up sections of mm-hmm. the future. She's got like the very cool 60s eye makeup and the voluminous bob and just hit my microphone. Microphone. Um <laughs> Uh, and there are more things, Ugh. right? There's like, there's a lot to get into. We see a sunburst on the, like there's one of those really beautiful sunburst wall decorations. And obviously the sunburst is a, is a King Louie thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the orange is the one that I think is the most, oh, also car crash. So first of all, Claire's parents oh, yeah. died in a car crash. Second, Frank died in a car crash. Third, mm. she describes going through the stones as feeling like it felt when she was in a car crash and it flipped upside down and she was held by her seatbelt. And we see that shot um, mm-hmm. in, again in the pilot. Um, so then when Hodgepile and and Lionel Brown show up and tell her that Roger and Bree died in a car crash, um, then Claire sort of moves backwards and everyone else moves forwards and it's just fucking beautiful. It's all so gorgeous. And the orange is what she takes with her after, um, I closed my eyes and thought of England, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a, like a really potent metaphor, right? Because then it's about riches and it's about privilege, but it's also about control. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, pleasure and joy it's a a very potent visual metaphor um that mercifully is not over explained to us so you're able to just like you know what you're right thank you outlander for not shoving it down our face so much this time (laughs) this time (laughs) this time (laughs) this time can you imagine i actually think that the bunny would have been great if they hadn't been like did you know the bunny is a metaphor? The bird is a metaphor when they were doing that the first time around, because it was a really cool shot. Like it was so surreal to see it on the carpet and then she blinks and then it's on the grass and you sort of like as a link, it's really interesting. It's just that they fucking patted themselves on the back so hard about that back when it happened the first time that I was like, Oh God, I wish those of you who weren't in the crowdcast, I wish you could have seen Julie's face. It was fucking the stuff of legend. It was, it was, it was an eye roll. That hurt because it went so far back in my skull. <laughs> to pull a muscle? Yeah. yeah. Did it? I did. But I couldn't, I couldn't move my body too much because my elderly cat was in my lap. So I had to like really restrict it to the neck up. 
Oh man. Uh, I was, I was, and then I looked directly into the computer and was like, "Ugh, why? We always forget we have to stretch our neck muscles during these yeah, shows. Yeah, we really, like, we need ugh. to prepare. Yeah. You to get it ready. Um, so it was just really, I, th- I think it was, j- I love that part. Really well done. Uh, and it was, it was so yeah. moving to see everybody together and happy and whole. And then when the, when the dudes show up to fucking throw hands and mercilessly kill everyone, yeah. um, which, which we are going to get to because it's a oh, good yeah. fight sequence. Um, and I don't like to think of myself as a person who's like, yes, violence. But I was like, yes, fucking murder all of them. Do mm-hmm. I want two hatchets? Oh, both hatchets. Yeah, fucking Ian, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it'll, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. I got so distracted by the double hatchets. Oh, when Jamie shows up, he has that line. He says, you are you are alive. You are whole. Oh, God. Right. I, Which I, is like that's, like, that's straight from the book. And that is fucking. <sighs> and in, I think in the, in the max, it's something that he is reassuring himself. But the really interesting way that Sam Huon delivers that line is it's like, he is telling her you are alive. You are whole. Everything else we are going to get through and I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm with you, but you are alive and you are whole. And then in those sequences, everyone is alive and whole, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like Ian is, doesn't have happy. the face tattoos and he's happy and Murta is alive and he's got that fucking foxy ass hair. Yeah. God, I want that so bad. And Jocasta can see and Marsley has her babies and Fergus has both his hands and Jamie is running around being happy and excited. I guess maybe that was Jer- not Jamie. It was Jermaine um, because Jem was with Brianna and Roger. Mm-hmm. And then there are those two empty chairs, obviously, which are so jarring. And clearly that was sort of Claire's other worry seeping into this dissociative state. But mm-hmm. um, but it's really beautiful. And then ends when we see Claire opens her eyes again and we see a shot that's sideways because we're looking out through her eyes and you see someone sprinting toward the fire and like it's a really gorgeous upsetting shot and then it's like Mm -hmm. hey everybody's here we're all gonna fucking murder people so before we get to that um i think this is probably the time stamp when we can tell people to tune back in so julie make a note of whatever fucking time this is um i think i need another beer do it man i'm gonna go do that bye-bye All right. Got it. Okay. Um, So we will put a note and whatever. Welcome. What is the thing I said I was going to say? Shit. I don't even remember. I was going to say something. Oh, no. I don't remember. Um, This is the thing I said that I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. Microphone. Um, (laughs) Microphone. Anyway, so... um, the thing that we get after Hodgepile and um, Lionel Brown show up as the cops and the dissociative stuff is um, Roger and Brianna traveling through time to, um, let me check's watch, five minutes in the future. Yep. Uh, Julie, what were the reaction to that? I wasn't all that surprised because last week it seemed something like that had happened. I, I don't know. And also, I raised this question when we talked about it last week. I didn't record the episode. Thanks, Ruth. But uh, 
it seemed like they didn't really have a tether in the future to pull them through. Like they didn't have somebody they were going to. It wasn't a special day. Like all all the things that we've been set up to believe are conditions for successful time travel. So and then this time, of course, they make the big thing of I was thinking of home. Oh, oh, were you? Okay, I got it. This is home now. Like you get. By the way, I think maybe we should mention that again 10 minutes from now in case they missed it. Yeah. Oh, no. We'll come back to that. <clears throat> Poor Roger. God damn it, Richard Rankin. He's he so, deserved better. He's so fucking good. And the fact that he's so good when they give him so many garbage lines oh, is really terrible. Like, he's just really fucking good at his job. Um, yeah. I'm so annoyed that they came back. <sighs> yeah. So it's annoyed. So I so can't annoyed. say why it surprised me because it is a book thing. Um that the false start like they try they, to travel so, but they can't so it looks you are correct that it looks like something went wrong right i assumed something else had gone wrong and it would not be a thing that was in the books um but there was like a kind of a line that you can draw to another piece of the story and i assumed maybe that was going to happen um I didn't assume that they were going to be like, well, let's have a bunch of moving scenes where everybody says goodbye. Um, then we're going to travel two weeks to get to the Ocracoke Cock Rock. And then um, we're going to make a big deal. We're going to disappear. And Ian's going to have a moment where he's like, oh, they're gone. Uh, and then he's going to conveniently sit on a rock for a while, just in case. And then they're just going to pop back. What? Yeah, that's like that's like end ending a season where it's all just a dream. Oh, fuck you, barf. <laughs> fucking lost. <laughs> we'll never forgive you, lost. Oh god, I just and then on top of that, then they're like, I guess we better turn around and go home. Doop 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 doop. doop. It's been five minutes. Look, there's the fiery cross. Yep. like <sighs> the timeline is yes. extremely it confusing. Was fucked up. You're right. That was very fucked up because it did seem like they had packed everything like they were going to be on the road for like weeks and it's just like boom oh it's nighttime oh my god there's a fiery cross let's go home well and we have in the last episode at one point claire's like i can't believe it's already been two weeks right so mm -hmm. they they went for two maybe it took them 40 minutes to get there and then they just hung out with ian for two weeks yeah and then it took them just camp. 40 minutes to get back <laughs> they, they were, were like, glamping by the cock they rock. were definitely yeah. they were doing some light cock rock glamping Mm -hmm. They were like, we got all this provisions. Let's just, and they, let's just fucking hang out. And as yeah, we bro. know, it takes absolutely no time to build a luxurious home. So they built themselves a cabin and then yep. they lived in it. <laughs> but Brianna, being the engineer that she is, was smart and dug a privy first. Oh, I'm sorry. She made Richard dig the privy first. Yeah. I think we yeah. forget that they're on uh, video game rules. So then they can fast travel back because they mm. know that location. <laughs> Yeah, they've already visited. <laughs> so they can just oh good. Just like pulled up their map. Boom. Um but yeah, I, I didn't even I didn't even think about that, but it makes no fucking no, sense. It, but but <laughs> it is worth it for getting to watch fucking Sophie Skelton be like, there's a fire across the cross. <laughs> Um, anyway, the reason that we needed to mention this is because in discussing the incredibly violent rescue mission, uh, Roger is there. And it's important that he's there because he has got a scene about it later. Um, and it, Richard Rankin is very good in that scene. He is not mm -hmm. uh, the most memorable part of that scene because that no. would be John yeah. Bell double fisting tomahawks and just fucking murdering everyone. Yeah. He was a badass. Just yeah. like, and you get a tomahawk to the head. And you get a, to and you get a tomahawk. Everybody gets a tomahawk to the head. Mm -hmm. This is a lot. Um, but we see Roger kill somebody. 
we see John Quincy Myers fucking just like, he's like, hold on. I just need to pretend everyone here is a man in a bear suit so I can work out some anger. (laughs) 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 Fucking murders everyone. Um, And Jamie, you know, is certainly murdering some people, but then he sees Claire and he runs over and he stays with Claire while everybody else fucking murders everyone. Um, And uh, then says, how many? And Claire says, I don't know. (sighs) And he turns around and I swear to God, listeners i swear to god she says i don't know and julie said well better kill them all and then sam huon turned in the direction of the camera looked at ian and said kill them all mm-hmm. um there is also an important scene where there's one little change from the books that i think is pretty brilliant so John Quincy Myers, who is not present in the scene in the books, this is thing one of the two things that were reassigned to other characters from the two characters who are on the show, who are Mr. and Mrs. Bug, Arch and Mardina Bug. Anyway, in the books, Arch Bug says, like, will you have your revenge on them, mistress, and tries to hand her a knife. In here, it's John Quincy Myers. Some mm-hmm. of them are still alive. They're all lined up. Will you have your revenge on them? And Jamie says, and this is fucking straight from the books, he says, she has an oath upon her. That she will not kill except in defense of her life. Paraphrasing. It is I who kills for her. And then Ian says, and I. Um, And then this does not happen in the Fergus is in this scene in the books. And at one point there is a description of his hook covered in sticky blood, which is what? Yeah. Uh, He's got a hook hand for killing? He does. Yeah. What? In the book. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah. Anyway, he does not say, and I in the books but here he says and i mean lady and it was fucking beautiful like it really th- it's sure cesar dom boy damn boy gets like one line every four weeks but every time he does it's a really good I'm like, one i'm like damn boy it's the opposite of richard rankin he it gets is. no lines but they're all great <laughs> as opposed to richard rankin who, who gets all the lines and half of them are robert frost no oh. or or i'm sorry half of them are robert frost the other half are the lyrics to darling clementine oh um Anyway, it's a very, very nice, effective moment. And then they fucking murder everybody. Except for Lionel except Brown. For, except for Lionel. Except for Brown Town. Mm-hmm. The worst Brown. The browniest Brown. Mm-hmm. A total clown. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another no, neither can I. We did gown already. Um, we did frown. We did renown. We did downtown. Mm-hmm. Sap. Sap. Mound, 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 white, well, white sow. I, nope. I feel like we should avoid the mound one. We should avoid yeah. slant rhyme in general. It's for weak willed. It's for monsters. It's for, oh, but that's my favorite weak kind sauce. Of rhyming. I'm oh no, Janine, Janine, shots fired. Stop talking. <laughs> Don't talk about slant rhyme in Allison's <sighs> presence. But I do it all the time. No, Janine, it's I'm serious. It's something that's mine, oh. and it's just. <laughs> Speaking of shots fired. Oh boy. Okay. Well, this was it, guys. Four years. <laughs> we did it. That You're was fired. a good run. You're okay. fired. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, we fired Janine a couple times this season. Uh, <laughs> fighting my own feet, I guess. Annie Lee Piani. So um so it's a good it is a good little addition from the books. Anyway, Roger is like, so this one's alive. Do you wanna don't kill him yet? We're going to have questions. Do you want to ask your questions here or back at the ranch? And Jamie's like, I want to take Claire home. So they, th- they, I'm assuming that basically they tied a rope to the back of a mule and dragged him like plunk, 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 plunk through the woods yeah. because fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they go back to the ridge and 
Brianna is reunited with her mother and it's very beautiful. And then Marsley yes. is reunited with her mother because later she calls her ma and it is fucking amazing. And it is very beautiful. And the makeup is horrifying. Yeah. Man, the outline. I hope they all got raises. Yeah, because that's two episodes in a row with it, like fantastic yeah. like lights well, out special also, effects makeup snake bite makeup remember yeah. like they've been yeah. there's been a lot of fucking really great and the and the richard rankin makeup and um the home episode that was great too like really really mm-hmm. really great um plus her glamour makeup just the best mm-hmm. um so yeah so let's pick up from there let's pick up from they're back at the ridge and i had a note that in the um carriage when it's just jamie and claire i think that claire is still under the uh uh the idea that brie and roger are gone forever and the first question she says the first time she asks him a question is about marsley and if marsley is okay and i thought that that was nice yeah it was yeah and he says yes and the baby i felt it kicking and Right. And then that's where she finds out that Brie and Roger actually didn't travel. And then we come back to the reunion, which was also very good. Um, I my note is Kat is killing this. She was very good. But then I have this note. And please remind me of what I was talking about. (laughs) Claire past trauma monologues. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Um, it's it's that's a little ways down the road. OK, um, she also says, I thought I saw Roger. And that is when Jamie tells her that Brie and Roger are back. Yeah, this is a scene mm-hmm. where it's um, it's them by like a pond or something. Um, this is one of the more memorable images in the book that got cut. And there were two different places they could have done it. And I was really bummed that they didn't. The first is here. The second is um, coming up very shortly, where after her reunion, Brianna gives her mother a bath. Also a mm-hmm. thing straight from the books. Um, uh, but while they're at this pond, Roger is sort of looking through the trees from a ways off. And he sees her kneeling in front of the pond, studying her, totally naked, kneeling in front of the pond, studying her face. And then she like sort of prods her face, which she does when she's in the bathtub. And then with like no expression on her face at all. And then she reaches up and she sets her own nose because her nose is broken. Mm. And it is fucking, I've thought about it often since I read it in the book. And I thought for sure they were going to have her do it in the bath and then they didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she has a bath and obviously is really struggling. It also is very reminiscent of season one. It feels a lot like Claire at Castle Leoch getting a a bath from the great Annette Badland, hashtag Fitz Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's really, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and Katrina is so fucking good. And so is Sophie Skelton, man. They're both really, really good in that scene. And then as, uh, as Brianna is leaving, uh, to sort of let her mother cry in the tub, um, she turns around and says, you have my hand and my ear if you need it, which is what Lizzie says to Brianna after Brianna's assault, which I thought was that's right. Fucking beautiful. Like a really, mm-hmm. really beautiful thing. Speaking of, there are also some lines that um, specifically Jamie says in the dissociative sequences that are also lines from other episodes. Um, there's one that's from the wedding that comes back in a Malcolm and a couple of other things that he says that, um, that are from other episodes of the show. So um, anyway, uh, so then Claire um, is, I think this is when she's with Jamie then. It's pre, it's pre the Mars surgery. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the section you're talking about, 
Claire mm-hmm. is in their palatial bedroom with their magnificent <laughs> wallpaper, yes. um, which really is fucking magnificent. Uh, but where did they get it? Did they paint it by hand or did they have somebody who's still living in a tent paint it for them? Somebody did. Um, so uh, Claire is talking about I survived a world war. Oh, that's right. It's so mm-hmm. fucking good. Um, I lost two husbands. I lost our child. She's listing off these horrific things that happened to her. And then she says, and this is going to shatter me. And it's just oh. like, it's so good. It was very good. She's very, very a, good. It was an emotional mm-hmm. mustering, which I fucking loved. Mm-hmm. Like, it's painful. It's so, oh, it was a good monologue. She did a good job. And Jamie just stands there and Sam is very good in that scene too. And you can sort of see that like he wants to comfort her, but he knows he can't. And that is pretty typical of scenes like this, but also there's this added layer of he actually knows what she's knows. going through. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's upsetting. Um, and then it cuts to Roger and Bree in their tiny little glamping cabin, uh, <laughs> where he tells her to turn out the light so he can unburden himself on her. Well, he's like, Hey, put out the candle. I killed somebody. He sort so he th- you know they're talking about Claire and he they sort of allude to um Brianna never has to talk about what happened to her um mm-hmm. but you know if this has stirred anything up he'll listen and it's a a good little scene between the two of them, but he is obviously disturbed and they're getting into bed and he says, you haven't asked me what happened. And she says, you don't have to tell me. And he says, no, actually I do put out mm-hmm. the candle. And will you hear me? And then tell me I've done right. And it's Richard Rankin is very fucking good. Uh, so Brianna puts out the candles and he goes, there's the fiery cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but he really was is like lights out. I killed, I someone. killed a man. I killed a man. And then it's cut. The lights go out so, and he goes, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Watch him die. Um, fun. The, light, the lights go out and he goes, mama. <laughs> I killed a man. <laughs> fun fact. Uh, I, I'm revisiting the books because who fucking knows what the next season is going to be because they're just, right. they're like, yeah, you gotta prepare. I don't know. Let's just, we'll take some from this and we're going to skip 9,000 pages. Me, me, me. Um, so I'm revisiting and I got to a section sort of recently as I was listening to the great Davina Porter read them where Brianna's doing something. I don't know. She's painting or something. And she hears Jem say something and, and she turns around and is like, what did you just say? And Jem looks at her and goes, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> And then goes back to like playing with the little wooden car that Roger built him and is singing, I'm stuck in Folsom prison. No, I can't be free, which they could never get the rights to. But I love the idea that Roger is just walking around singing Johnny Cash to himself. And Jim learns it. Then she goes, what did you say? And he looks at her and goes, hello, Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Cash. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) So cute. I like that. That Anyway. um, So he says, um, killed a man uh, and then we cut to the surgery and here's Claire yes. the the next section is really fucking good and is mostly about this she has an oath upon her it is I who kill for her and I and I and also apparently Marsley mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah so she is obviously stealing herself to go into her surgery and tend her fucking assailant um, the human piece of garbage the clown from brown town mm-hmm. um from downtown brown town um it makes us all frown yeah mm-hmm. motherfucker what 
I don't know. I was trying to get more frowns, but not slant rhyming. But yeah, then I slant rhymed in a bad way. Yeah. They're all bad, though. Listen. <laughs> so <laughs> he's laying on the table, not one of the 14 beds in the surgery, thank God, just on the big table um, near one of the fireplaces and um, and is like, spare me, spare me, please spare my life. Um, and Claire is obviously struggling. She asks. She picks up a scalpel like, uh, like I wish a motherfucker would. Like, <sighs> And then she says, Marsley, will you set the camphor to steep? And Marsley sort of nods and they're both obviously trying to keep themselves under control. And Actually, Janine, will you do me a research favor real quick? Sure. Will you look up the word comfrey? C-O-M-F-R-E-Y. I want to know if it's like chamomile, if it's like a sedative or what, because I know what Marsley uses is not comfrey and they show us that. But uh, I want to know what comfrey is. So comfrey is a plant, even though this plant contains poisonous chemicals called the uh, letters I can't say, alkaloids, mm-hmm. um, PAs. Uh, some people use a leaf, root, and roof-like stem uh, to make medicine. Okay. Um, so it probably would have been like a sedative is uh, my guess. Yeah. It deals pain with, reliever. Um, yeah. Pain yeah, reliever. It's like a heavy menstrual periods, diarrhea, bloody urine. Yeah. So like generally... Pain relief. Uh, pain relief. Okay, yeah. so she tells Marsley to put together a little, like, steep some comfrey. We're going to give him some pain reliever tea. And then she just leaves the room because she can't handle she it. She says, no harm will come to you from me or something like that. And then bolts out of the room and walks up the magnificent spiral staircase. What the fuck? Yes, yeah, it dude, is really is, is the polished, too much. magnificent <laughs> spiral staircase. God, and then it. um, it's it's like a fucking Instagram house. It's like apartmenttherapy.com. It's absurd. Right. Um, and uh, gets to the top of the stairs. And then we, it's the one clip that they showed in the preview of Claire sort of collapsing and weeping on in the hallway. It's very affecting. Katrina is extremely good. Um, and is that the moment where she, this is what I have in my notes is that she has that. And then she has the dissociation to the mid-century modern palace. And this is where she picks up the orange and takes it with her. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this means that she is taking back something or her oath like falling back on her oath uh her hippocratic oath has given her some kind of power or something she she chose to honor that part of herself yeah yeah um it's a very good little scene meanwhile (laughs) meanwhile marsley's had enough because the second claire leaves the room it is very obvious that the brown town ass clown says to himself well this bitch doesn't have any power so he just starts sassing just saying like really offensive red pill shit like i like I prefer my meal with a smile or some oh. shit like that and you could just see marsley with her back to him just like do 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 slowly pulling the hemlock out of the little jar like so she's eagle-eyed viewers will notice that the medicine that she would never ever touch is the medicine she touches um Mm, which is what mm -hmm. ian attempted to kill himself with um so she's just oh i wonder what she's making and she's doing something and the whole time lionel brown is saying incredibly offensive things to her both about like i want my meal with a smile but also like i don't think i have anything to worry about because he thinks he's successfully manipulated claire um and it's which he is not wrong. She wasn't going to hurt her, but that's not because he manipulated her. It's because Claire chose to honor this one piece of herself. And um, anyway, and he's like, my brother is going to come to town. He's going to murder you all. And he's going to burn the house over your heads and blah, blah, blah. Marcy's like, okay, keep talking. You're right. I'm I've had medical training. And then 
and just, and this is, this is not in the books in the books. It's a, a, a different character. Um, B it's a pillow, but here, what does Marsley kill the man who broke a syringe with his boot because he's a dickwad with, with a syringe. Yeah. Fucking karma bitch. Yeah. So she, so she says, Oh, I've been studying healing with mistress Claire. And then she takes the syringe. She puts it in his fucking neck. Yeah. You don't have anything to worry about from her, but I am. She's on an oath. I have taken no such oath. And then she says like, you hurt my, you hurt me. You hurt my family. I got, I just got chills. You hurt my mom. And her voice yeah. breaks a little when she says it, and you will never hurt any of me or mine again. And injects him, and he fucking dies. And it is great. Yeah, it is a really fucking satisfying scene. And Lauren yeah. Lyle is so good. And there, I know that there are a lot of book readers who are a little bit salty about the way that the bugs that Archer Merdina Bug have been. Um, sidelined. Yeah, totally sidelined. I mean, I, I don't even mm-hmm. see them in this episode. They've showed up maybe once or twice and they've had one or two lines and I wouldn't have known it was them if it wasn't for the credits. So there, who knows what will happen next season. There are other stories ahead, but a lot of the future story for them depends on the things that happen today, today mm-hmm. in this episode, which don't happen. So who knows? However, it is a trade well worth it because Lauren Lyle deserves the fuck out of that scene and the next scene she gets. She is so fucking mm-hmm. good. She's incredibly good. I cannot wait for her to get cast in a zillion other things. Also, her <laughs> 60s bangs were amazing. Yeah, her Dude, hair looked, looked real cute in the 60s. She looks so good in the 60s. Yeah, man. just fucking just killed it. Uh, speaking of killed it, <laughs> killed it. She killed it. She killed it. I mean, killed it, it. him. him. Yeah. He's yeah. dead. Um, mm-hmm. So then Jamie walks into the study and finds her. And this is the second of the two very good scenes and finds her like just sitting on the floor. Um, do you have any notes on this scene, Julie? No, I just know that she was freaked out because all of a sudden what she did hit her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, am I going to hell or whatever? Yeah. She's, and Jamie's like, no, 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 you're cool. Will he haunt me? Am I going to hell? <laughs> yeah. Will he haunt and me? And it's just it's a really beautiful scene. Um, so then yeah. Jamie does the only logical thing. <laughs> Um, and sews up the brown town ass clown, ass clown. in uh, a big piece of fabric like he's Doomface Pound from the ships. Nice. Uh, throws him over the back of a horse and goes to brown town by himself. Why? It's unclear. Why doesn't he bring Fergus or Ian or any of the many, many people who built his house and now have nowhere to live? <laughs> to Brown, it's unclear, but he shows up and it's like, here's your, pe- oh yeah, we were talking about He's this. He's just in the like, cast. here's your brother. Yeah. Thunk. It's like a, it's like a piece of shit. Uh, did someone order a piece of shit? Did someone, <laughs> here you I go. think you ordered, I've got your human garbage order right here. Plunk. Thunk. Dumps his corpse and is like, men came to my home. They, uh, kidnapped and assaulted my wife i violated my violated my wife um i killed them all i return your brother to you so that you may bury him and um and the slightly less shitty brown also a good actor is like well he okay he reaped what he sowed yeah he reaped what he sowed so you did what you had to do and jamie's like you're damn straight and he turns to leave and then he goes as i will someday <laughs> and i'm like oh great a new enemy more ass can ass clown brown town coming up at least it'll be like a a slightly less um nefariously evil brown from brown town i mean he right. obviously is like 
He fucking sucks. We already know he fucking sucks. He just sucks in a different way. Right. Um, so, and then Jamie has a voiceover. Has this happened before? It has. Did it happen when he was at Hellwater with the kid? It was, I don't know if we got jamification in the Hellwater episode, but it happens in season one. He's the okay. the season one mid season break where we get the Frank flashbacks, right? Um, and then I can't remember if it's that episode or the next one. That's Jamie model. I think it's the next one. Yeah, because the the break ends with "Take your hands off my wife, off my wife," right? And then when it comes back, we see the whole progress up to that, and there are a bunch mm-hmm. of Jamie monologues in that one. So okay. it's not the first time, but it's been quite a while, and it's the only one we get this episode, which is a little bit jarring. Mm-hmm. And like a little weird. However, at least it wasn't Sam Yuan doing a voiceover of um, stopping by the woods on a snowy evening, which is what comes next. <laughs> so then all of a sudden we see Bree and Roger just taking a nice stroll up the fucking like two mile driveway. And um, they're talking about Robert Frost and something about taking the road and the taking the road less traveled well, that's and, where they yeah. needed to remind us that but uh, just yeah, from the future just in case you didn't understand we were thinking of home when we touched this the ochre coat cock rock and it brought us home but it was here so i guess this must be home now <laughs> just in case you missed it um so then this is the road less traveled which is a misinterpretation of that poem uh, yes it is and it is Major. there are other robert frost poems that would be more applicable but really i think they should have roger should have said it makes me think of a great poem jellicles can and jellicles do jellicles can and jellicles do jellicles <laughs> <laughs> or like it makes me think of a great poem <laughs> beans beans the magical fruit <laughs> Julie, that was literally in my head. The more you, you eat, the more you toot. How'd you get inside of my head? I don't oh know. Oh my God, so good. But it would have been better than what he did. You know it what? I will been. say this. I would Jesus. prefer it. I prefer the Robert Frost to if Roger had said, makes me think of a great poem. Oh, my darling. No, my darling. <laughs> uh, and then Bree would have just turned to him and slowly started strangling him like, ugh. I hate that song. And then you see a panther walk through and goes, oh my God, exit stage left. (laughs) And then the episode's over. Yeah. Uh, So I was saying to Allison, as we were doing the crowd cast, Richard Rankin is so good. The character of Roger is is good, but he always gets saddled with the worst bullshit lines. Just terrible. And I just wish they would quit doing that to him because is it just me or is it kind of starting to wear on him a little bit? Like, can you tell? I know. Like every time he gets his script, he's like, okay, yeah. I'm being paid and I got a gig. I got to figure this out. He, yeah. I mean, he is not phoning it in. He sells no. all that garbage really hard. But then he also everything. Anytime there's like another actor, the line would be decent. Richard Reagan is like, this is my moment. Thank God. This is a, a line of dialogue that actually makes sense where my character doesn't seem like an asshole for no reason. Thank God. Over here. Right? Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, hold on. Oh, this is my moment. Hello, Jamie. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> he's very, he's very, very good, but it's a bad line. Yeah. Oh. Um, so then uh, the episode ends with um first we get a jamie and claire scene they're on the porch and they're talking about the future claire says that post is crooked and he says i'll fix it and they have a chat about the future and um 
bad things that Let's are happening. Let's relax now on this normal day. What peace while it lasts, right? And then thunder. Yeah. And then the storm rolls in, and then they talk about how the storm is rolling in. And that really pissed me off. It's like, Duh. it's like, hey, hey, did you know? Psst, psst. Something's something, coming. Something Jamie, can't you see? The storm is a metaphor. <laughs> it's a brown town storm. It's like, how, how can we, how could we show that something is approaching oh i get it i know let's have a storm scene the interior of the outlander writer's room folks are sitting around (laughs) tony graffy is like here here are 42 pages in which i thoughtfully deal with the violent assault of one of our characters i think it may be my best work it's like thank you tony she says, uh, uh, Matthew wanted to write the last act. He goes, guys, I've got Robert Frost in a storm. Let's do yeah. this. Let's do oh, this. God. And by the way, I did a little brush up. Tony, I added a rabbit. <laughs> Just so you know, it. here you go. He Kool-Aid man this entire shit. Just like, oh, yeah. Fucking saw that house busted through the door and said, now I live here. What up? Here's a buddy. Uh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, anyway, they have their little scene and then they're and then they're laying on top of the blankets in a cold room. Um New. curled together starboard style naked starboard style <laughs> i have no objection to the fact that they're cuddling and you see it like bruises on both of their bodies it's a really beautiful shot um however mm-hmm. they couldn't just like have it like a sheet yeah uh, it looks cold i was thinking about the warmer that you guys were talking about last week the thing that might yeah, kill the bed you bed warmer i was like mm-hmm. where's your bed warmer where's it's bed cold warmer? in that house yeah, just you jamie's like heating? i am the bed warmer <laughs> that's fair there's like can i have a blanket can i have a blanket, <laughs> blanket? <laughs> and jamie's like well funny thing so we had to get the staircase done and it had to be a big curve <laughs> so mm-hmm. i forgot to have the surfs knit blankets for us they were so too we're just busy. gonna have to lay here in the element they were too busy we're polishing crops wood. i've I've actually yeah. asked them to grow cotton now, and they're just they're looming that for us as we speak. Right, Never we'll have a blanket love. in two weeks. <laughs> Give me two seasons. Oh my god, no! It was like this. Happen. Claire goes, "Can I have a blanket?" And Jamie goes, "Never my love, never uh, my blackout, never my love." <sighs> and when I say blackout, that's me actually blacking out. <laughs> And then we get the credits because there was no title sequence and there was no theme song. So we hear the theme song, not a choir, the the original lady Mm -hmm. singing the Mm -hmm. song. At no point did we get to go, that's a fiery cross. But you know what? We got enough of that in this episode. Yeah, we did. Hey, one more thing I want to mention. I fucking hated the previously on. I don't even remember it. Yeah, I remember it. It was like, here's a thing that happened. No words. Here's another thing oh. that happened. No oh, the word. flashes, you mean? Boom. Here's it stuff. Was, uh, stuff. It was reminiscent of a show that I watched recently. What was it? I just always... Oh, it was The Last Kingdom. Hmm. The, the Last Kingdom does that similarly uh, on Netflix. And it's effective, but they do it every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, that's nope. a little yeah. jarring when that's like suddenly the decision you've made for this episode. It's intense. <laughs> um, there's a thing that got cut that I really love that there was just... They didn't sow the seeds for this, so they could never have included it. And it wouldn't have been a little bit hard to communicate without doing um, clarification monologues 
monologues, which were mercifully absent because instead we just lived in Claire's head. Right. Right decision. Yeah. Uh, fair trade. However, um, Claire in the mix knows that Jamie is coming because she hears a drum in the distance. There's a Scottish Scottish drum called a, a Bothran, Bodron, spelling and pronunciation vary, um, which we see Roger play. When he does his um, music weird slut shaming episode. Yeah. Um, but Claire hears the drum, first of all, knows what kind of drum it is and is like, okay, well, the Scottish are coming. Um, one. Two, she knows it's Roger because she can tell it's being played so uh, expressively and is so terrifying that the only person that could be drumming that beautifully and that effectively and that terrifyingly would be Roger. Um, Boy. It's very, in the book, it's really good. Um, like, really, really very good. Um, there wouldn't have really been a way to do that effectively here. So it's, instead, it's like they decided to put it in the previously on, where it's like, dum, dum. Like, no. It's, it yeah. is. You're right. It is dumb, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely dumb, dumb. Um, anyway. Well, I'm glad this one's over. Me too. Um, season five, you were fine. You were better than season three. I think better than season four, too. Mm, the high, points, were, the were high points were way higher. Yes. Way higher. Uh, but in season three, Jesus Christ, season three can forever and always have, suck my balls. I have one note. This uh, this whole season would have been better if it was all exactly the same, except for on boats. No, <laughs> <laughs> It was just on a riverboat the entire time with green screen. Oh, God. I think that there were plenty of episodes that were mixed bags, but very few episodes where I was like the whole time. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of episodes that I thought were pretty excellent, including last week's, which I think was wonderful. Yeah, last week's was good. Last but then good. The, but then they sold us out, right? Like we talked about it earlier. They had all those beautiful goodbye scenes for nothing. Womp womp. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, fine. It was still a good episode, but now it means less. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's still an hour of television, right? Like, the fake out sucks, but the episode itself. Also, the goodbyes weren't my favorite part. Although that Lizzie Brianna scene was amazing. That was good. The best parts for me were like the fucking sperm. It was all hot pests, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This was not an episode with a ton of hot pests, except for... All of the dissociative stuff, which is yeah. in, that's entirely what that is. That's all character. That's all emotion. That's all mental state. So mm-hmm. hot pest, but in the seventies. So does Liz mm-hmm. Liz get to come back then? Yeah, she made some beef jerky for the guys. Yeah, she, oh, <laughs> in this episode, good. she's like, "I put salted meat in your bag," and that's her only line. Lizzie does like meat. Mm-hmm. Mm, does. There's a little. There's a little tease for you guys. Lizzie likes oh, meat. Gosh, I could use some beef jerky right now. Neil just realized that maybe his beef jerky subscription is still getting mailed to his office where nobody is. Oh, that's well, at least it's preserved. Yeah. I was like, well, it'll still be there when you go back. So don't worry about it. He's going to walk in and his desk is just going to be a pile of beef jerky. Covered in jerky. And one very moldy edible arrangement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Talk about about hoarding in this time of quarantine. So we will do a season five wrap up at a later time. Um, We're also... I want to shout out um, a a Slack pal, Emily Bemily, um, who posted something really lovely yesterday in the Slack uh, after our little in the book section um, about how her favorite thing. She was thinking about Doodlander because it came up in in the books. Um, and her favorite thing about that is all of us hanging out together and stuff like she specifically cites Janine getting locked in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so um, awesome. I 
It was yeah, apparently very memorable for that a lot was of the two reasons. episode one. Yeah, <laughs> I believe where we pivoted to Bloody Marys at one point. That's something mm. anyway uh, specifically <sighs> says that the thing she loves about Dudelander is all of us hanging out together, and she personally would be willing to wait for um, the chance for us all to be in the same space. Uh, which I then sent to the dudes of Dudelander, uh, who agreed that that is the thing that's good about it. So maybe we'll do like a mini Dudelander because it's going to be fresh in their minds. Maybe not. That's TBD. Um, but we will wait to do Dudelander proper until we can all be in the same space, um, mm-hmm. which I think is the right call. Um, so we'll do a season five wrap up and then we're moving on to another project, which we will talk about later. Uh, but for now, let's do some fucking scales. OK. And this is just for this episode, right? Not for season five as a whole. Um. Oh, shoot. Because we should do the scales for season five as a whole in the wrap up episode. Hold on just a second, guys. Julie, make a note of this time. I just got a warning that we're out of Mm -hmm. recording time. So I have, and it's going to stop recording in five minutes. So I have to add, I have to upgrade us. Hopefully that will work. Um, But let's move fast just in case. Um, Okay. Hopefully. Okay. I got it. That works. Okay. So, uh, on a scale, you know what? We're just going to straight up skip the sexual yeah, content scale no, entirely. I don't, yes. no, I don't want to talk about All that. Right. Either. That seems um, like no. The, so, next will be costumes. Uh, incredible. Right? So, let's do a scale of um, <laughs> a black box production of Band of Brothers. No, 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 oh no, no, no. A black, box produ- a black box production of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. of the 70s. To... Um, Mamma Mia to Here We Go Again, the movie <laughs> musical spectacular. Um, where does this fall? Well, it was all really cool 70s shit, mid-century modern. I'm going to give it... Oh, I think I've used this one before, but it stands. That 70s show. Good costumes. That's a good call. Yeah, that's this that's is good call. this episode is yep. that seventies show Woutlander. Um, mm-hmm. Great. So getting up to get a drink scale. Um, on a scale of um, a a black box production of Ken Burns baseball. <laughs> oh my god, that's even well, more boring than the original. How would you? Do <laughs> to that? okay, good. Um, docudrama uh, never works on stage. To <laughs> a trailer for a very good movie. Mm. Extraction? No. <laughs> that was very enthusiastic. Was, I fucking love that film. Uh, where does way. this fall? <laughs> I would say this one was a little bit difficult for me to judge because every fiber of my being wanted to get up and leave. Uh, but I was also trapped in that I had to watch it so that I could talk about it for my friends and fans and trapped by my elderly cat. So, what's something that you want to leave, but you're also trapped? A funeral? Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Uh, and last, I, I feel like this is probably pretty obvious, but who is your pick for the golden pample moose of the episode? We've been forgetting oh, that Oh, gotta lately. be clear. Gotta be yeah, Katrina Baba. Yeah. Honorable she mention, specifically for Lauren Lyle, who fucking, yes. yeah. again, killed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Katrina Baba, <laughs> for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So... We will be back to talk about season five and the future and without Lander and all that stuff next week. For now, um, you can find us on Twitter at PodLandercast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PodLandercast. Uh, you can find us on Patreon where you can support us and um, 
give at any level. But if you want to join our amazing Slack, which is just the best, you can do that for $3 a month. Uh, and there are other perks at higher levels. Um, I think the bonus episodes level, which is the Janine's Corner microphone level is $5. Anyway, um, you can do that at patreon.com slash podlinderdrunkcast. We want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do the show, but especially Betsy English, Dr. J, Zena Perez, Stella Welch, Misty Ojepi, Kayla Reagan, Amanda Newton, Jen Lander Drunklin, Trish McCrary, Lori McGuire, Katie Kirshner, Beth Luck, Kelly Mazella, Caitlin Reddick, Maureen McKeerden. Maureen, I think I've got your last name right, but if not, let me know. Ashley Tigason. Ashley, thank you for telling me how to pronounce your last name. Kristen, Rochelle Lefevre, the other Janine, John Samoski, Amy Gustafson, <laughs> Mary the Falling Statue, Tori, Shannon Duffy, Alicia Glenn, Liz Penniston, Philip Nako, Heather Moore, Amanda Smuzmuzmuzan. Whitney Harrington, Chrissy Shively, Maria, Emma Lofold, Samantha Smith, Jenna Polkowski, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Tara Lucchino, Catherine Marshall Eastman, Chantel Salters, Mary Lumpkin, Crystal Danavati, Anne Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marlowe, Flourish Rue, Friday Payton, Kathleen Moniz, Hi Mom, Mom. Heather Robbins, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, and our wonderful Slack Den Mom, Kiki, the The Uh, Also, all of the Slack friends who gave us the most wonderful surprise this week which we are not oh, going to talk about now okay we will talk okay. about it next week so we can devote more time okay. to it um but thank you thank you thank you we can't wait to tell the rest of you about it when we talk next week um i guess that's it y'all y'all rock you know what we made it we made it through never my love never my love that's the association <laughs> bye bye, bye. bye.